Real people, real conversations over coffee. This is Meet Me for Coffee. Hey, this is Scott Schwartz and Meet Me for Coffee. French vanilla, baby. French vanilla. I got a caramel latte from Starbucks right now. Ah, uh, come Supplies on. They're still open, man. I don't know. I usually go for black coffee, but today I'm feeling like I want to release my bowels a bit more. So, No, I'm a, I'm I'm a Dunkin' guy. I'm a Dunkin' Donuts guy. Really? Yeah. You guys got that up there? Or is it just Tim Hortons and Starbucks? Uh, Tim Hortons and Starbucks. And we got McDonald's, who's just killing it as well. Uh, but really salty coffee, man. I don't know why. Uh, I'm an I'm an old school coffee, and then I just put some French vanilla and whatever. That's it. I, 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 go to, I go to 7-Eleven and get a cup of coffee and put something in it. It's like whatever. Oh, man. 7-Eleven's coffee is actually really good. Like, dollar. A dollar, yeah. A dollar, Super whatever. Good. Yeah, now they got a rewards program thing, and if you just sign up for the rewards program, every coffee's a buck. I'm like, okay. Yeah, and and you get any size for a dollar, and it's yeah. uh, good coffee or French vanilla, whatever you want. It's not bad, not bad at all. So I I saw that you were in a movie with Dolph Lundgren. Did you ever get to meet him and talk to him? No, no way. What movie did I do with Dolph Lundgren? Hey, I'll look it up right now. IMDb it says he was in that movie. No, uh, I don't. No, nope, I don't think so. Could no, be the other Scott could be Scott L. Schwartz. No, it's you, man. A big professional wrestler. I don't think I know. I didn't do it. Well, I mean, I was never on screen with him. And if he did something that wasn't anything that I knew, I would have shown up just to say, "Hey." Yeah, because like I looked at a oh, bridge of dragons. What? What? So this is not you. So they got yeah. your they got your IMDb all messed up then. Oh yeah. Yeah, they get stuff mixed up with uh, there's a, uh, another gentleman, and of course, you know we're twins. I'm five two, and he's like six seven. You you can't tell us apart, you know. Uh, but he's Scott L. Schwartz, and I'm Scott Schwartz. You know? No way. Yeah, he's waiting for me to drop dead so he can drop the L and just become Scott Schwartz again. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were you were a child um, a child actor. Um, how how'd you get into like especially your first film? How how did the whole process go to get to that point? Well, I, I was already in show business for five years before I, I did the toy, uh, the first movie I did. I mean, I'd done Broadway and off-Broadway and 100 commercials and voiceover work and all that stuff. So it was just uh, an audition like any other, other than it was for a movie as opposed to, you know, Broadway or a different show or, or uh, TV commercials. Now, the Christmas story where it... it- plays once a year like a million times do you get like royalties from that or is it just a one-shot deal uh it's it's not a complicated thing but it's not an easy thing the the original contract that was done for the union had nothing to do with being a kid nothing so it was kind of we're all in the same boat here um if a movie is shown on the same station more than one time in a calendar day you only get paid for one showing of that movie. Now that's on cable. So that would be TBS, TNT, WGN, as opposed to the networks, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, those are networks. So it's different. Um, so when it's shown 12 times over the two days, you know, my, my gross income is, is something right about a dollar sixty. So you can buy a 7-Eleven coffee and have some money to spare as well, which is... I can get a 7-Eleven coffee and like two Reese's peanut butter individual cups. That's about what it buys now. I was watching some of your old uh, commercials that you were in. The, was it the Cheetos commercial as well? 
Oh, oh yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool, man. Now, now there's another kid in that. Um, he's the red haired kid and he's, uh, when they go to the bus at the end, he's like just above me to the, to the right of me. Um, his name is JD Roth and, uh, not a, not a home name that you would just come off the tip of your tongue. Um, but he did a show in the, in the, uh, nineties called fun house. That was a kid's game show. And that money started a production company called three ball productions. And he was the creator and part creator and executive producer on, um, all the weight loss shows and all that, you know, the, the, um, what is it? World's greatest or whatever the, what the hell was it called? The, 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 the weight loss shows. And I can't think of it now. Yes. Yes. The greatest loser, the biggest loser. Yes. And, um, he became a multimillionaire and he's retired already at 50 years old. I mean, wow. I, you know, you know, once in a while we still chit chat or I, I say hi to his wife on Facebook or whatever, you know, but, oh yeah, you know, but that was, that was fun because we had to go into the studio beforehand and record the, the audio, all the, uh, the singing and stuff. And then we just lip sync to it for the actual shooting a commercial. You know, it it's takes crazy. more than just it's our crazy. to make it Cheetos. That's not enough to make it Cheetos. Oh, I used to. That was that's a that was a fun commercial. And we, you were in also what was it a is it a pasta sauce commercial as well or no? There's somebody oh, else. God, I did it. I did ragu. I did yeah. Seven Up. I did YooHoo. I did Honeycomb. Northern Bathroom Tissues. Um, oh God. Uh, uh, pancake syrup i mean, you name it i mean it was just you know i i did so many hbo um oh god chapsticks you can find it um julia serving dr j yeah commercial with him uh it was dr chapstick so wow. he and i were in the commercial together that's incredible so what are you doing now? Like what's, what's, what's Scott Schwartz doing now? Uh, still do appearances and shows when they are going to reopen again, whatever. And, uh, you know, sell stuff on eBay and put stuff up on Facebook and just try and make a living. You know, I mean, I book celebrity talent for shows and appearances and stuff and you know, with the world as it is right now, that's all come to an end. So it's like, you know, you know, what do they say? Hanging on by a, a, the skin of my teeth and a, you know, piece of hair on my tush. <laughs> well, here is more. I don't so always look like this, okay, folks. I don't always look like this. Well, neither do I. Neither do I. But I'm kind of liking this Drake kind of look, man. So it's. Uh, but it looks. It looks good on you, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it just shows you that I'm. A, I'm a dad. Like I've just given up with my life, and that's why I have such short hair. Uh, so showbiz, man. Uh, what do you think? Like, are you gonna are you gonna uh, embark on writing something or producing something someday? Oh, I mean, I've done, I mean, I've always seemed to do something here and something there. I did an independent film at the beginning of the year. Um, that will probably be on video sometime later this year. Who knows, you know, with all this stuff. Uh, and then I did a, a, a podcast show called The Quarantine Bunch, which I you can that. find on, on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, with a bunch of other old child stars. And it just kind of was one of those things where the guy that wrote it just, you know, he gave me a call. He's like, hey, I'm kind of writing this thing. And I was thinking about this, you know, would you want to do it? I'm like, how can we do anything? We can't leave our houses. He goes, no, 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 no. We're just going to do it on Zoom and everybody's just going to get edited in. I, okay. Wow. So we did it. It was fun just to, you know, it was basically one night of entertainment that for us to be doing stuff with our friends and get to see them, even though they're at their house and we're at our house. What kind of stuff are you selling on eBay? 
uh, I could get some old movie posters running and, um, uh, oh God, you know, signed baseball, signed action figures, whatever. Yeah, I'm, know, just, I'm really into uh, the sports card business as well. Are you? I used to be more than I am now, you know? Uh, I mean, I guess I got out of it the wrong time. I understand it's just gone crazy the last couple of months, but, uh, you know, here and there, you know, I mean, I still got some stuff in the house and I just keep the stuff that I have, you know, some one of ones and cool stuff that I like. I got a Steinbrenner one of one auto card and a couple of bonds, one on one auto patch cards and stuff like that. Stuff that I like. That's not bad. How's the weather there? The weather looks pretty nice there. Uh, it's not bad. It's in the seventies. It was, we had a little rain this morning, but now it's kind of, you know, brightened up. The sun's come out again. The seventies. I, you know what? We're in Celsius up here in Canada. I have no clue what the hell the 70s actually means, man. So uh, That would be – well, when it's, z- when it's zero degrees here, it's 32 degrees Celsius. Wow. You know, so it's probably like, you know, 85, 90 degrees Celsius. Well, what, do you, do you, what's your Celsius right now? Uh, my Celsius, probably 10, 10 Celsius. So you're probably in, in the mid – uh, high 40s, low 50s. Temperature-wise, so kind, kind of cold, right? Yeah. C- could you picture yourself living anywhere else other than California? You bet your tushy. Why? Because it's just too insane here. I mean, you know, with the the it's it, it's political nonsense. It's the taxes. It's the stuff that you know we can see coming down the pipe now. You know. Uh, they had an election here a couple of years ago and they gave the governor all power to raise any tax he wants, anytime he wants. If the state needs money, he can do whatever he wants. So guess what's coming next year? Gas tax is going up. Sales tax is going to go up. Income tax is going to go up. Property tax is going to go up. You know, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if you live in a home or an apartment, you know, yeah, I have a home. Okay. I have a home. My home is not quite 1600 square feet. Not a big house, you know, 1,600 square feet, and I'm on one-eighth of one acre of land. And uh, they were trying to tell me that my house is valued something around 550000 U.S. It's probably worse up here, dude. Like, in our town, people don't really have a backyard. They have a really small-ass house, and it's valued at, like, 900000 Canadian. Is, Canadian, yeah. Yeah. Which so that's, that's the same. Same, yeah. Almost. Yeah, I don't know what the exchange rate is, but whatever. Needless to say, though, I mean, it's insane when I know that I that, that, that Arizona, Texas, you know, I can get a house two and a half times this size and get two acres of land for a f- half the price. Well, that depends you know? on what, what part of life you're in as well, right? If you want to – you can always do showbiz in Texas as well, or right? You can do it from anywhere now. Yeah. You know? The internet yeah. does wonderful things. The phone does wonderful things, which people don't use their phone anymore. Not like what I did. I picked up the phone and I called you instead of texting you or a ghost freaking uh, texting you on the on the phone or something like that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm 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 old school and I'm getting to the point where you know there are things that are important to some that are just not important to others. You know, people, oh, I love Hollywood and the thing, and I'm like, you know what, I'm over it. You know, and last week I turned fifty two. I'm like, you know what, that's just not what I need to do anymore. You know, I haven't had to do that for a long time. You know. Um, it's just nothing that excites me. You know, I'm, I'm at the point where I, you know, I, I want to work and do things, but, um, the, the, you got to go club in and do all that. No, that's, that's in my younger days. And 
that just bores the shit out of me now. Excuse my French. I was watching The Last Dance with, uh, you know, the Michael Jordan story on Netflix. I finished watching it last night. Yeah, I watched it this morning, uh, the rest of it. You know what? Exactly what you're talking about, going out of the clubs and, like, promoting yourself. Michael Jordan was doing that for so long. He he pretty much burned himself out, right? No, he wasn't the club guy. Rodman was the club guy. Yeah. You know, that wasn't Michael. Michael was the – you go to the arena, you go to practice, you go back to the hotel, you take a nap, you have something to eat, you go back to the arena, you shoot, you play, you go back to the hotel, you go to sleep, or you jump on the plane, you go to the next city. You know, he was, he was, there, there's, a, there's a term they use in show business, a consummate professional. He was the consummate athlete. His, his motivations and goals were not go out clubbing and do all that stuff. That that was almost never his thing. I'm sure he was a couple times along the way, but um, you know he was just motivated for one goal, one thing. You know, and I don't fault him for that. You know, I mean they just did the poll, greatest of all time, and all that stuff. You know, and, but they put him in LeBron, and it was like you know I think 73% voted for Jordan. You know, I, I think I'm 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 a sports guy, and I just kind of think that that's somewhat unfair because you can't compare the eras of Jordan, Kareem, and Will Chamberlain with Bill Russell. You can't compare the eras. They're different. You know, you know they, said who, they're trying to compare the Golden State Warriors now to uh, the Bulls. So which team is better? You know, again, it's even though it doesn't seem that long, you know, it's 20 years, you know, and – the fact that a team won 72 out of 82 games, you can't take that away from them. You know, uh, you, you, you basically, you had Jordan Pippen and role players. I'm not saying they weren't good. I'm just saying they're role players, you know, Steve Kerr, John Paxson, Craig Elo, um, um, Bill Weddington, Bill Cartwright, Horace Grant. Okay. But you had two guys and then now you go to the Warriors, you may have the greatest shooter we've ever seen in the history of the game in Steph Curry. Yeah, he may be the greatest shooter. Um, and then, of course, you know, adding Durant and, and, and having um, Thompson, you know, there's those guys. And then the Daryl uh, Green is sort of like the Rodman character, you know, sort of like that. You know, he doesn't have to score a lot. Just get rebounds, play defense. Okay. Uh, at their prime, it would have been an amazing seven-game series to watch. But they call the games differently. Fouls are called differently. The game is played differently. We see the stuff that there was no calls in the, you know, the, the, the Bulls championship runs. And, you know, it's a blatant foul, but there's no call because the referee said, hey, let them play. You know, unless it's like an extremely violent, you know, crime that the guy committed, they're not going to call a foul. Now, you you know, oh, foul, but whistle, uh, the you know, it's like, oh, dude, come on. I, I have a whole new respect for Dennis Rodman, you know. I, I was a big fan of him growing up and just Monster. watching. Yeah, he can go out and party for 60 hours and still come and he grab 30 rebounds. The, the guy was it. insane. And, and he's one guy that I wish I could party with uh, in his prime. I don't know if he could still do it right now, but um, Carmen Electra was saying that he just kept on going and going and going. Mm-hmm. If, if Jordan didn't go get him from the hotel, he'd still be going. 
Yeah, somebody would go get would go get Dennis. I mean, you know, that was him. But listen, when you show up, it's go time. And that was again, that's a that's one of those things that I don't think today you can get away with. You know, um, Phil Jackson had reins on those guys. He knew what each individual individual guys things were, knew what made them tick. And he kept it in the family. They didn't let it get crazy. And when the press started talking about Rodman missing that practice and all this stuff, and Phil goes, well, then we're not talking about it. You're talking about it, but we're not talking about it. Now, of course, you know, what they probably did realistically, besides I think they fined Rodman for missing that practice, you know, he probably had to buy dinners for everybody for whatever. And it probably cost him 20000 in dinners just to bust his hump. And saying, hey, dude, don't, this is the slap on the wrist. Now let's not do this again. You're going to show up. You got to do your job like everybody else. You know? he, he, he was pretty cool. You know, he, he did the, he skipped practice, which is really frowned upon. To go when to Monday Night Nitro. Yeah. Shows up, smashes somebody at the chair with Hulk Hogan or Hollywood he Hogan. Whacked, he whacked the Diamond Dallas Page with the chair. I remember that. And, and then he went back the following day, played the game. Did amazing. And yeah, I think he had 18 rebounds in that game, something like that, and had like eight or nine points, which is, again, role player, defense. He adds something to the offense. It's great. Yeah. And going back to the Golden State Warriors, um, just because of the whole, uh, the last, well, obviously the Toronto Raptors won the last championship against the Warriors. And that's my team because uh, obviously I'm from the Toronto area. When Kevin Durant came in, I was pretty scared, man. Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, those are the most, the scariest people they on that team. But Durant wasn't 100%. So, you know, again, if everybody's at 100%, which team wins? You know, and that's kind of always the way. I mean, we understand that there's a champion. Yes. And injuries, injuries can happen at any time to anybody. You know, so the Raptors got it. Good for them. You know, okay. And then the next year it'll be something else, whatever, you know, and now I mean with LeBron, you know, with the Lakers and they've got the team that they have, you know, it'll be interesting to see who comes out this year. And of course, Kawhi Leonard has gone from you guys. So it's like, all right, what are you going to do? Hey, we might get Giannis and Decompo. So we'll see what happens with that. I, I do. I do believe that, you know, if Kevin Durant was healthy in that series, there would be a different outcome because that guy, he just, he's bang on everything. Right. So very scary oh. stuff. We started to sweat as well. So we were praying to God that, you know, injury like erupts or something happens. So now I want to see teams at their fullest and their, their fullest health go at it. Cause then you can see really who the best is, you know, when somebody goes down you're like, Oh man, you know, so yeah, I mean, yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of teams along the way. Look, that, that sort of super team that the Lakers put together that one year, you know, when they had Carl Malone, Shaq, um, um, oh, God, who else was on that? Gary Payton, Kobe. I mean, it's like, how do they not win, you know? But it wasn't meant to be because, you know, there was injuries, 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 and that's just – that's part of life. That's part of the game. You know, you guys have CFL up there. We got NFL down here. It's the same thing. Every team, you know, a key guy goes down and all of a sudden it just changes the dynamics of a team sport. You know a lot about Canada, don't you? Hmm. I spent time up there. Really? You know, I've been to Toronto, been to Montreal. I shot uh, A Time to Live, the, ABC, the NBC 
movie of the week with Liza Minnelli and Corey Haim. We shot that up in Montreal. Um, wow. Toronto, I mean, was Christmas Story uh, a little bit. I didn't really sh- – I didn't actually shoot in Toronto, but uh, I went up there. And I've been up there, you know, several times over the years. I did um, 21 Jump Street up in Vancouver, you know, as a kid. Yeah, you know, I was like 19. So I was wondering how you knew Tim Hortons was our coffee chain up here. Oh, come on. That's an easy one. Oh, it's actually of- funny because they've, they've started to move into the U.S. a little bit. Now, we don't have any in California, but uh, back home where I grew up uh, in, in my hometown, uh, there was a hamburger joint called Bumblebee. It was the greasiest freaking hamburgers you can ever imagine. You know, I mean, it grease just pouring off this thing. And years ago, they closed up, and then it was just some baloney place. And then Tim Hortons took over. So every time I have to drive in through town, there's Tim Hortons. You know what? It's on every street corner here, and some little towns have like nine Tim Hortons shops. It's it's unbelievable. We have you know East Coast. It's Dunkin' Donuts. Every other block is a Dunkin' Donuts and a Seven Eleven. And the West Coast, you know, it's Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts. You know, I, I think we have some Dunkin' Donuts, not too many, but you know, it's Seven Eleven and, and Starbucks. You know, but no, I, I follow a little bit of uh, Canadian stuff up there. You know, I. I'm surprised. I'm actually surprised. You know, it's, uh, you know, you don't really look into a lot oh. of these things and it's like, you know what? He knows CFL, like CFL a, for a, me. Hey, it's five o'clock a. there. Where's your, where's your Labats? It's five o'clock, man. Oh, you call my wife right now. Sure. Bring one right down to me. There you go. <laughs> uh, you, you know what? Like uh, the CFL right now is in very big trouble. A lot of people don't actually watch that. Um, mainly because NFL is a hundred times better for us to watch we like the more of the hype and uh cfl's three downs and you know it just doesn't really appeal to a lot of people that may be like the, the biggest downfall of it if they had four downs i think it would be a little bit more interesting but i love the wider field and i love the 110 yards i think it's great you know it, it I, and the way that everything is just so spread out you know if, if they ran the 49ers open offense more in the CFL, you know, maybe that would help a little bit. You know, I enjoyed watching CFL at the times that I've watched it. You know, everybody, everybody just likes the gray cup weekend, which is like our, our, the big championship and the CFL. And that's Mm -hmm. when everybody who's not a fan just, you know, hangs out and gets drunk. Well, obviously not anymore, but they're in danger of closing the whole damn thing down now. So uh, that's, that's realistically going to be up to whatever the powers that be, if they want to keep it going or they don't, you know, that's owners and money. You know, the NFL is such a conglomerate now that, you know, they have Buku's amounts of money. The owners are all multi-billionaires. And if they're going to take a hit and a loss, they're going to write it off their taxes and they're just going to move on until we can get back to what we need to get back to, you know, but I hate to see the, the, the CFL fold. Listen, you know, there've been some hell of really good players that have played up there and then come back here. You know, I mean, of course, Doug Flutie, everybody, you know, knows Doug Flutie. It's like, okay, fine. Um, uh, um, oh, God, the wide receiver. Uh, Raheem? Um, I can't think of his name now. He played up there for Toronto. Yeah, I, they, I know who you're talking about. I, I can't think of him right now. Yeah. But, yeah, like – with this quarantine stuff, it's really killed a lot of our business up here, especially CFL who doesn't pay a lot to begin with and really can't afford to house their teams in the stadiums they do. So now they're asking for some type of um, money from the government. Yeah. Sure. 
keep it going. But in the end, like, I don't think our government's going to give it to them. We want an NFL team, to be honest. We want an NFL team in Toronto. I hope one day it'll happen. Um, You're spread out. I mean, realistically, again, you have to look at the finances of it and you have to look at the communities. Montreal, Toronto could handle it. You know, they're big enough cities that they could handle that. You know, could something in the middle of of Canada handle it? You know, Manitoba or I don't know. Could Vancouver handle it? Because it's an offshoot from Seattle, you know, and it's like, okay, fine. Uh, could a, a team survive up there and get enough support to get forty to 60,000 fans every game and so forth? So, I mean, there is some expansion that could be. It would just depend, again, on what uh, the country decides is allowed and not allowed. You know, it's sort of like when we're doing movies. And I know that that sounds crazy to give this as an example, but uh, you could only have three at the time, three American actor, Screen Actors Guild union contracts in a Canadian film. So like when we did Christmas Story, it was Darren McGavin, the father, Peter Billingsley, Ralphie, and the mom, Melinda Dillon. They got the three Screen Actors Guild contracts. And then everybody else was what was ACTRA, which was your guy's version of our union. You know, so we had to kind of go by, you know, whatever rules. So that was filmed in Toronto, eh? Uh, the production office was out of Toronto. The interiors of the movie, like Ralphie's house, all the interior stuff, his bedroom, all that, the living room, that's all done on the soundstage in Toronto. The house itself is in Cleveland, the outside of the house. Um, Higby's, you know, we're looking in the window and all that stuff in the square in the beginning. That's all Cleveland. Um, and then uh, the school, with the tongue of the flagpole and all that, that was in St. Catharines. No way. Yeah. Yeah. You learn something new every day. And and, and during this podcast, I learned that, you know, a lot about Canadian sports and uh, you know, I learned that the Christmas story is actually mostly kind of Canadian, which is pretty cool. Actually, well, like I said, three, three different locations and the production office was, was in Toronto. So it's considered a Canadian film. Although, you know, there's a bunch of it that's not filmed in Canada. Well, the guy who played Ralphie, he, he kind of stepped back a bit and he's, he was doing, he does a lot of pro, pro, producing, right? Oh yeah. No, uh, Peter runs uh, wild West productions, which is Vince Vaughn's production company. Wow. Uh, that's pretty crazy. Cause people always wondered what happened to him. And now with uh, the internet, you can look it up and, and see how many shows he's co-produced or produced. Right. So um, in closing, let's talk about uh, acting with Jackie Gleason. The great one. My papa in the movie. Yes. What do you want to know? What do you want to know? So Richard Pryor and Jackie Gleason, like, mm-hmm. What was the the atmosphere like? What what did you learn from these guys in, in regards to acting? Oh, that's that's hours of conversations. Uh, two completely different personalities. You know, uh, Gleason was very ultra reserved. You know, because he was you know older at that point already. Uh, he deserved respect, earned respect, and commanded respect. You know, nobody called him Jackie. You either called him Mr. Gleason or Great One. That was that was that was him. Uh, whereas Richard Pryor was the uh, I, I compare him to a wind up toy. When he's sitting in a chair, he's very calm. 
studious reading things, underlining, highlighting things in books and whatever he was reading. Uh, one, a, a, a total knowledge conservator. He just wanted to just give me knowledge, give me knowledge. Uh, but once you sort of wound him up and you got him going, then the funny Richard would come out, you know, and he was great. You know, I mean, I heard stuff and was exposed to stuff as a kid. Today, people go to jail for this stuff. You know, honestly, you know, the stuff that Richard said to me, oh, my God, it's like no 13, 14 year old is supposed to hear this stuff. But this was in the early 80s, different time set, you know, um, and my my father, you know, my parents were like, hey, listen, he's going to say stuff. It's adult stuff, but you just go along with it because you're in an adult world, you know. Um, and Gleason, you know, I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm having my Paul Malls, you know, and I mean, I blame that on Gleason because, uh, it, it really didn't sink in until about two and a half months out of the four months into shooting the movie. But every so often when I say that, that's like every other day, uh, people would go over, they'd be talking to him, whatever. And it seemed that it wasn't thrilling for him to have to spend his time talking to these people, whoever it was. So what he would do is he would call me over. He'd be like, kid, come here. And I mean, you know, by a month in, I was calling him dad, pop, you know, that was okay. You know, and I come over and I say, yeah, pop, what's up? He said, come here. And he would pick me up. Literally, he put me on his lap and he's sitting on his big director's chair. He put me on his lap. He would just sit me there. And he'd say, how's your day going? It's going good. Okay, fine. And he would yell out his assistant's name, Mel, and he would put his fingers like this. And Mel would come over and stick a cigarette in there. And he'd start chain smoking. And I'm sitting right here. I mean, I'm 10 inches from his face. And he chain smoked. And if, if it was a 10-minute conversation we had or a two-minute conversation, he'd keep me on his lap for half an hour because people would stay away. He used me as a human shield. But he was smoking right in my face. It was like nobody said anything, you know, back then. But no, I mean, they, they both taught me a lot. You know, I was very inquisitive. I was fans of both of them. I was a vintage Hollywood lover. So I knew the hustler and smoking the band and the Jackie Gleason show. I knew all those things. And, you know, he knew that. And prior, I knew, you know, Silver Streak and, and, um, uh, uh, oh God, um, him and Gene, uh, I can't think of the other movie now. Oh my God. I just drew a blank. Um, but I mean, I knew bingo long. So I knew Richard, you know, I knew who, you know, the movies that he had done. And, uh, it's one of those things where it's, it's, it's it's those strange things in life that two people who really have nothing in common, you know, you've got a white Jewish kid, lower middle class from New Jersey and a black guy from Peoria, Illinois, who grew up in a whorehouse. They have nothing in common. Other than the fact that we both loved old movies. He loved Westerns. There was a guy, Lash LaRue, that he loved, the 50s B-Western star, the master of the bullwhip. This is who he loved, and I knew who he was. So that was kind of this connection of me and Richard. We started talking about movies and television and all this, and and he loved video games. So we played video games all the time. Unreal, man. And in closing, we talk about coffee. Um, how do you take your coffee? Like if I'm taking you out for coffee, what am I buying Scott Schwartz when I come to California? Oh, I like a French vanilla, you know, and a little, you know, a creamer, it's a little bit sugar, whatever, you know, 
I'm, I'm, I'm pretty old school. I, you know, I mean, I always used to have just coffee with creamer and then they created French vanilla creamer. It's like, okay, this is good. You know, of course, you like you I said, Bailey's Bailey's creamer at all. Oh yeah. Matter of fact that that's my 21 jump street story. It was, it was my 19th birthday and in Canada you could drink at 19. Yes. Probably just, I don't know if they've Still. ever changed it, but Still, same. Yeah. So I, I, over the, that week I was having my 19th birthday and Peter DeLuise and Johnny Depp took me out and got me just blasted Bailey's and whipped cream. That's, that's called the uh, B52. I think you put that in your yeah. coffee. Yep. So good. No, I don't put it in my coffee, but I mean, they got me blasted up there. Uh, uh, I want to say the place was called Champagne Charlie's for some reason. It was, it was a, you know, a, a nudie joint that served booze. It was just like, whatever. That's where they brought me for my birthday. You've got quite the memories. I think I want to see a movie with everything about you or even a book, write a book, man. Like it's, it's on its way. It's, it's, it's already at the, the book company and they're figuring the pictures out and hopefully by this September it'll be out. Well, yeah. I appreciate it, Scott. Thanks a lot, man. No, no problem, George. Listen, stay warm up there. Everybody stay healthy. Be safe. Do all the things that we're supposed to do. Some of them are stupid and some of them are okay. But as long as you stay safe and healthy, it's the most important thing.